This is the TriDot Podcast. TriDot uses your training data and genetic profile combined with predictive analytics and artificial intelligence to optimize your training, giving you better results in less time with fewer injuries. Our podcast is here to educate, inspire, and entertain. We'll talk all things triathlon with expert coaches and special guests. Join the conversation and let's improve together. Together. Hey folks, welcome to the show. Really exciting lineup today as I will be talking with two TriDot athletes who will be racing Kona this year after qualifying through the Legacy program. So plenty of Tri knowledge and stories and Kona dreams to talk through today and I am amped for it. Our first Kona bound athlete joining us today is Joanna Namey. Joanna is better known as Coach JoJo and has been coaching athletes with TriDot since 2012. She's a co-founder of Hissy Fit Racing, a second-year member of the Betty Design Squad, and has 15 Ironman finishes on her accomplished triathlon resume. Joanna, thanks for coming on to talk about your journey to Kona. Thank you, Andrew. I'm happy to be here. Also joining us is tried-out athlete Greg McCauley. Greg is a mechanical engineer from Houston, Texas, where he works as a power generation technical consultant. He's been in the sport since 2009 and has over 60 triathlon finishes with 12 Ironman events to his credit. Greg, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me too. I'm Andrew, the average triathlete, voice of the people, and captain of the middle of the pack. As always, we'll roll through our warm-up question, settle in for our Kona qualifying main set conversation, and then wrap up with our cool down. Lots of good stuff. Let's get to it. Time to warm up. Let's get moving. Many countries allow motor vehicles to have a customized license plate that says whatever the driver wants it to say within the confines of certain rules. In the United States, we call these vanity plates, and depending on what state you live in, they can have anywhere from five to eight characters. John Mayfield, for example, drives a good-looking black truck with the word TRIDOT in all caps, on his license plates. There is no missing him out on the highways of Houston. Joanna, Greg, for our warm-up question today, if triathletes were required to ride around with a small license plate on the back of our bikes, what would you want your vanity bike license plate to say? Greg, I'll start with you. Probably finisher. Okay. Uh, because I intend to uh, finish every race I start. Yeah, that, that's a good goal, Greg. Really, really Thank solid you. goal, and I mean to to your credit, um, that the word finisher—it's not a very long word. Surely that would fit on a vanity license plate, and with the amount of races um, at the time we're recording this podcast, you said you finished sixty-eight triathlons. I think I have like twenty-five or twenty-six uh, myself. Um, do, do you know your total, Joanna? Five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. We'll we'll go with it. It's it's it's, it's close. It's a ballpark number, but it's close. Um, so in your sixty-eight finishes um that's 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 a, lot, that's a lot of finishing so i think you've earned to have that on your uh, license plate so i think it's a great pick joanna what would you have on yours uh well those who know me could guess what it would say but i would need 14 letters oh and it, <laughs> it, it it most people could guess it would be fight girl fight uh, but um if we had to shorten it that would be fgf so 
That, okay. That's my mantra, and everyone knows that. You know what? For the sake of this conversation, we'll, we'll just say, well, let's go for it. 14 characters, let's sure. Let's go for it. Yep. Uh, if, if you follow uh, Coach Joanne and Amy on social media, uh, you're familiar with, I, I think, 90% of your uh, uh, Instagram or Facebook posts include the hashtag Fight Girl Fight, and uh, you fought your way through 15 Ironman. So um, who's, who's to tell you that shouldn't be your mantra, right? Right. Um, so as I was thinking about this, um, I thought of a couple things, but what I'm going to go with, um, and really this is just a new thing from the podcast, that this would not have been my pick before doing this podcast, but now... Um, you know, I announced myself uh, on the start of the show as Andrew, the average triathlete. Uh, I want people to know that that I am one of them. I am not uh, uh, one of the crazy fast people out there in the world. I am very much the average triathlete. Uh, but I also call myself the captain of the middle of the pack. And uh, you know, when I first when I first kind of wrote that in my very first intro and kind of decided to use it for all the shows, um, I, I didn't know it would stick. I didn't know uh, it, it would get responded to as well as it did. Now, um, a lot of the guys and gals that I ride with up in Dallas, um, they'll, they'll call me captain uh, on, on our rides um, and just kind of kind of have some fun with, with my little podcast intro. And so um, just as a nod to all the podcast listeners out there, I would have just captain. Uh, other people might think that I, they're like, why does this guy have that? Does he think he's a pirate? I don't know. But <laughs> people who listen to the podcast, they'll see the try out kit and they'll know. They'll know it's me. Hey, guys, we're going to throw this question out to you on social media. What would your bike vanity plate say if you had to have a custom license plate on your bike on race day out on the course? Um, it, it, it could be anything. Maybe you already have one on your car and you're just going to take it and put it on your bike. Maybe you're like Coach Joe and, and you've got a kind of a mantra that you take with you out into the course and you would put it on your license plate. Uh, may, maybe it's 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 kind of claiming by faith like Greg that you're going to be a finisher and you're going to get to the end and you're going to conquer. Uh, whatever it would be, uh, go to the I Am Trot Out Facebook group Find the daily post uh, today that's announcing this question and let us know, what would you put on your bike vanity plate? On to the main set. Going in three, two, one. The Ironman World Championships on the Big Island in Hawaii is the top bucket list race for most of the triathlon world. It is the birthplace of the Ironman event and easily the most legendary race in our sport. Many athletes train year after year, dreaming of one day racing in Kona, with an athlete having to qualify through a top-notch Ironman performance or Ironman's legacy program. Most of us will never get a shot at racing in Kona, but both athletes joining us today have earned their spot and are here to tell us all about their journeys to a Kona slot and how they are preparing for their dream race. So Greg, Joanna, before we even talk Kona, there would not be a Kona journey for either of you without that first step where you signed up for your first triathlon and crossed your first finish line. So just kind of tell us, how did you each get into the sport and, and what do you remember from your first race? And Joanna, let's start with you here. Um, I got into triathlon after um, having my three sons back to back and had really tough pregnancies with all three. Um, after being on bed rest for a long time with my last pregnancy, um, I decided to take um, a power pump class at okay. the YMCA. And I saw a sign that said, um, do you think you could do a triathlon? And I knew I could swim, having grown up a swimmer. Um, I knew I could run. I'd never really ridden a road bike. Um, so I, I trained for a short period of time um, with still a three-month-old, went out to a small sprint race in Houston and did well. And my husband said, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> um, so that's kind of how I got started. 
I, and before we even started the podcast today, I mean, you, you were talking about how when you go in on something, you go all in on something. Whether I go it was, all in. Whether it was law school back in the day or, yes. or triathlon now. Yes. Um, so that all, all it took was one banner at the YMCA and yeah. you were ready to go all in on triathlon. Well, I think you, you lose yourself a lot of times. I think moms put so much into their children that often they uh, kind of lose their self-identity. And so yeah. um, when you get a glimpse of that, and in, in, in find it again, you hold on to it. So. Oh, super cool. Super yeah. cool is perspective. Um, Greg, what about you? What was that first triathlon for you? Well, my very first uh, triathlon, I, uh, I finished uh, accidentally, uh, so to speak. Okay. Uh, I substituted <laughs> for my uh, brother-in-law. My oldest child was uh, racing for the first time. So I said, this is something I have to do. Uh, so I bought a uh, bike at Walmart and uh, yeah, and uh, just found it. a pair of shoes in the closet and I, I finished the race. Uh, you know, I still remember the you know the uh, uh, you know hearing the uh, the Rocky theme in the back of my mind like this is the you know the biggest accomplishment ever. Yeah, uh, but that that thought lasted for about five seconds after I crossed the finish line and and really thought about what I had just done. I said never again. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, fast forward two years later, um, I had decided to, uh, uh, you know, adopt a healthier lifestyle and signed up for uh, the rookie triathlon in uh, in Austin. Oh, cool! Of all places, and uh, finished that, and really caught the bug after I finished the across the finish line. I, you know, I realized this is something I probably can do. I didn't have any ideals or you know goals of uh, doing anything longer. Than a, than a super sprint, but uh, until I signed up for the next I race. I didn't either. Um, yeah. And then, um, <laughs> so that was my uh, my original experience. It was, uh, you know, to uh, stay into shape and uh, to continue down the road of living a, a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I, I remember crossing my first finish line. It was a local sprint in Keller, Texas, and I, I was exhausted. I was like, oh, my gosh, that was so tough. That was so insane. And, and, and it is, right? It's you know, your first time. You don't know any better. You haven't trained for anything longer. Um, so, so Greg, how, how did you make the leap from crossing the finish line and saying never again to now sitting here as a 12 time Ironman finisher? How, like how, how did, how did you transition from never again to, okay, fine, let's do some more. Well, my best friend had lived a, a similar story. He's a year older than, uh, than I am. And, uh, he had, uh, lost a bunch of weight and tried to find something that was, uh, not monotonous, and uh, he joined the uh, the YMCA tri team in uh, in Pearland, in the city that, uh, that that we live in, and met a bunch of uh, you know uh, like minded people. And uh, he and I knew each other through uh, the fact that our, both of our sons were in Cub Scouts. Okay. Uh, so by the time I came around and was looking for a way to uh, stay in the shape that didn't involve. Uh, uh, standing on the, you know, or working out on an elliptical machine or on a treadmill for hours sure. at a time, <laughs> uh, he said, "Hey, what about triathlon?" So, very cool. Yeah, uh, found a uh, found a, a nice uh, or gently used uh, road bike and uh, and uh, started coaching me, and then introduced me to the Y Tri team, and the rest is history. Okay, so so you both got into the sport, you both decided that to give it more than just that first shot. You start doing more races. At, at what point for each of you did Kona become the goal? I mean, do, do you have a, like a distinct memory of, of where you first laid your eyes on, on that Kona race in Hawaii and said, I've, I've got to do that? I think uh, when the small group of girls, um, including Cindy Reeves, one of my good friends, um, when we went up to Coeur d'Alene to do our first Ironman, I think the whole magic of that first Ironman experience, um, you know, we had obviously – 
seen things about Kona and, you know, uh, glimpses of uh, Chrissy Wellington winning in Kona. And I I think it it was so magical to watch her on TV. Um, I think the seed was planted. Um, I, I, I think it seemed so far off and so hard to attain that, you know, I, I didn't think it would be a reality, but I think as the years progressed, um, you start to just build on that dream. So I, I would have to say it, it was definitely, um, when we did the first Ironman in Coeur d'Alene. And so after, so finishing that, that race in Coeur d'Alene, which is a beautiful course from what I hear. I've yes. never been there. Yes. I hear it's just gorgeous. It's, it's, it's amazing. T- tough, tough course, right? Very tough for, <laughs> for three girls from um, Texas yeah. who didn't even have a heart rate monitor. Yeah. Um, so yes, we were, we were doing it based on feel when you're climbing oh, mountains. Oh, great. Yeah, just great. And, and, and so, so when you crossed that finish line and you knew of Kona, like at, at that point you were like, okay, I need to get to Kona. Yes, most Very definitely. Cool. Greg, what was, what was it for you? I think subconsciously, or even before I finished my first triathlon, I think in the back of my mind, it, it might be something that I would try later on in life. Um, I, I lived in Hawaii when I was a kid, uh, so I, you know, I, I really enjoyed and remembered, uh, you know, the beautiful surroundings. I never made it to the Big Island uh, when I lived there. Uh, so I think, again, subconsciously, it was always a place I wanted to, you know, to go. But similar to, uh, to Joanne, after I finished my first, uh, uh, first Ironman in, in, of all places, Cabo San Luca, Mexico. Okay, cool. Um, I said, this wasn't too bad. I survived. Yeah. And uh, there's just something about, uh, you know, Mike Riley pronouncing your name, saying you're an Ironman. Uh, I think... Uh, you know, it was then that I knew that I wanted to hear my name called when I crossed that finish line. So you both have worked really, really hard um, to get to Hawaii, uh, and, and that's an understatement, really, uh, to, to say that it's it's been a, a journey to get your name on the participant list and, and be a part of, of Kona, uh, which we're, we're all super excited for you guys to get to do this year. Um, so th- there's multiple routes. You know, you, you can either be really, really fast to the point that you do well enough at an Ironman event to qualify for Kona, or... Um, there, there used to be the lottery, which is now no more. You used to be able to put your name in the lottery, and and you might get drawn out uh, for Kona. Um, but now, how, how you guys have made it through is the legacy program. Um, so tell us a little bit about what what the legacy program is and and how it works and what your process really has been like going through that. Um, and well, Greg can add to this too. Um, you know, the legacy program um, is a program in which you um, an athlete can complete. Used to be. 10 full distance Ironman races. Um, now it is 12 full distance Ironman races. And upon completion of your 12th, um, you apply to the legacy program. It, it, you, you submit your application. About six months later, you are notified of where you are slotted uh, for, for which world championship. So okay. me applying in 2018, I found out that I was then slotted for 2020. So I did not even get picked for the first year that okay there is that many is um, it that they just have so many slots to give out basically they do they give out so many slots each year and the the legacy program had grown in popularity and the list um, of athletes that had qualified according to legacy um, had grown Um, so I was slotted for 2020 Um, and then Greg can can he he applied in I applied in uh, in late 2019, so I, I found out that I was slotted originally in 2023, and, and given this was only a year after uh, Joanna was awarded her slot, um, that you can see the popularity of the legacy yeah. program has uh, you know exploded over the last uh, few years. 
fast forward, uh, I found out that I was slotted for 2023 in February of 2020. Um, by uh, April, I had uh, received or been moved up to 2020. And then okay. obviously last year's race was canceled. So I'm uh, uh, glad to and honored to be racing this year. I, I think racing 12 Ironman events sounds insane. Um, so you're, you're both insane. Um, just, just know that, which that's okay. It's all right. We're, we're here for it. Um, I, I'm still working towards my first Ironman, uh, event, but, um, uh, so, uh, just in the process of knocking out, uh, which at this point, Joanna, for you, it's 15 Ironman that you've raced. Greg, you've done 12, um, both again, insane numbers, um, in, in knocking down those 12 races, uh, what was there ever a point, you know, again, the goal is Kona and you know, you have to get to the 12 to, to get slotted for Kona. Was, was there ever a point that you were like, man, this is just, I've done five, I have seven to go. I've done six. I've got six to go. I'm only halfway there. It is, this is so many races. This is such a drag. I, I I'm just, I'm going to tap out. Six is good. Seven's good. Eight's good. Or, or did your resolve just never waver? You, you knew it was always going to be worth it. And you just kept trucking along. Uh, for me, there was there was a point in time when my dad was uh, was uh, uh, going through uh, chemotherapy. Uh, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 2012, um, and when he got really really sick and could no longer uh, attend any of my races, you know, I thought about quitting the sport altogether. Wow. Um, and then you know I had a conversation with uh, with him, and he just said, "You look at all the time you've invested and all the good that you're doing through participating, you know, in the sport." Because at that time, um, only my uh, oldest daughter had completed a triathlon, and then soon after that that conversation, um, the you know my other two children and and my wife uh, became triathletes. So. Um, you know, I realized then that there, I was having a positive impact, so I might as well continue. And then, uh, it, it, you know, again, it, it, I didn't realize how much time I had invested yeah. at the, you know, at the time, but, uh, upon further reflection, I said, you know, I might as well, oh, I mean, what, might what as well continue down that, uh, continue down that road until I cross the Kona finish line. Yeah. And here you are m months, months away from that. So Joanna, what, what, what's it been for you? Um, no, I've not wavered. Um, <laughs> but I will say that um, even from early on, I think probably I, my second full Ironman was the inaugural year of Ironman Texas. Um, and I think even my goal in mind for that race was to aim for a qualifying spot. So in all the 15 I've done, I've been um, trying to better my time and aim for those top spots. Yeah. Um, I think there are a lot of athletes that are like me that fall in that range of, uh, you know, last two years coming in sixth at Cozumel and my age group, you know, missing uh, the qualifying spots. And so the, we, we keep aiming for it. We keep trying to be yeah. faster and better. Um, but there are, it There's is so many great it, athletes. It, there out. is. It is so competitive. <laughs> um, I feel like the women are getting faster and faster when they, as they age and have more time on their hands. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I think, I think that will continue to probably knowing, knowing how I am. Um, I, 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 I didn't truly focus on legacy as much as just keep going, just keep competing, just see how close you can get to this qualifying spot um and in the meantime 15 iron man occurred um so <laughs> and you're going to kona and i'm going to kona um so you know i i think it's you know the journey is different for everyone um but uh i'm definitely appreciative that they have the program 
So when you got that notification that that you had been slotted for the race, you know, you you were in because you have to finish the twelve, and once you finish twelve, then you can apply. But you're still not slotted for a race yet, and and so you get the notification, you're slotted. This is the race you're doing. You know, after all that time in training, you know, all the time spent out on the race course, you know, what what emotions just shot through you, Greg? Uh, when you were officially finally registered for Kona, uh, I'm not a crier, but yeah. but I, I literally cried. Yeah, and it didn't it didn't hurt that uh, they sent us a, an electronic letter too. It said you know it starts with Aloha. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, you know when uh, and uh, that just that just uh, that was just the you know the additional uh, validation. But when I saw the participants list and I saw my name on it. Um, and it really sat in or really sank in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before then I, you know, with all that happened last year and, and being postponed and then canceled, uh, you did, I didn't really know, or, you know, think that it was going to happen until I saw my name on that list. But, uh, I literally cried for, you know, uh, you know, five to 10 minutes yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but was, you know, thankful the entire time that, uh, I was able to see my name on the list. Yeah. Joanna, what about you? Uh, I agree with with Greg. I mean, I think that the process is long, um, and I think you know from the, the the point of getting slotted for a race. Um, you know, when when I applied in 2018, was praying that I would get that spot for 2019. So, when when you get notified that you don't get it that year, yeah, it, it is heartbreaking because you know it means. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize, it, it's not only waiting a whole nother year, it's doing another full Ironman. To stay eligible. To stay eligible. Yeah, which Every, is why you're at 15. That's why not, I'm yeah. at 15, yes. <laughs> um, you, you keep, you know, to, to validate your spot, you have to, you know, you have to complete a, a race um, in that, you know, each calendar year. Um, so, you know, it, you, you know there's a lot more work to be done. So I think Greg and I were both in agreement that in this last month when the participant list was came out that said world championship at the top. And I mean, I couldn't scroll to the S's fast enough to get to my <laughs> name um, to make sure that my name was that listed. Was there. And then I went to Greg second you know, to, to make sure he was there um, because, you know, you, you just want to make sure they, they didn't get it wrong yeah. <laughs> that you're not on there. They didn't delay you one more year. No, there yeah. would have been multiple emails if, if that occurred. So, so surely from all of the races that took you to qualify, um, you've both learned a thing or two or three or eight about racing Ironman. Uh, I, I'm, again, I'm still working toward Ironman number one. Um, I can't imagine getting to the double digits of that accomplishment. Um, what have you both learned from your Ironman races that you like to pass on as advice for athletes that, like me, you know, who are training for their first, second, third Ironman? Oh, there's so many things. Um... I feel like I we're learned... here for all of it. Okay, good. We're, we're here to good. soak it up like a sponge. Okay, you can get a pillow and lay Te- down. Teach me I... your... <laughs> please. Because I'll please, be yes. here for three hours. <laughs> um, I, I think number one, and I tell my athletes this um, after doing so many Ironman races, is that something is going to happen in each one of those. Something that was out of your control. Um, and learning to to deal with that situation in the moment, um, you know, I th- you have to you have to realize that not everything's going to go perfectly. So I you know even during training I tell them you know be a sponge, listen to those around you, listen to those that have done the work and that have have competed in multiple Ironman races, and you know prepare yourselves for all those situations. Um, so that's kind of one thing um, that I that I try to teach them. Um, from your fifteen, what what are, what are a few of the things that have gone wrong? Um, in Louisville, two thousand fourteen, I wrecked 
Um, a guy hit me from the back, uh, broke my derailleur. Um, so I spent 75 miles with no shifting on a very hilly course. Um, same, cool, 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 cool. Fun, yeah. Burger fun. from Houston. Yeah, yeah fun. Cool. Um, lost all my nutrition. That was back in the days when I thought you needed 12 sandwiches and, um, you know, 15 bars taped to your top tube and lost all my nutrition. And that becomes a, just a game changer as you're living off what's offered on the course. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, as far as Maryland, Cozumel, how many jellyfish stings can you get uh-huh. with a wetsuit on? I mean, it could it could go on and on. I'd have to list them all out and think about yeah. something will go wrong in every race. You know, something there will be a factor that is hard. Not one Ironman race is ever going to be easy. Um, and so that's you know, I try to prepare my athletes that way. You know, when they when we swim at the lake, I'm like that last loop. I'm like, hand me your goggles, and they're like, excuse me, and I'm like, now go. You know, it, it, you have to prepare for every situation that could occur in, in, you know, in an Ironman race. And so um, I think that just makes you tougher. It makes you braver. Um, it makes you want more. It makes you want to see what, you know, what challenges you can take on and conquer. So That's great. Greg, what, what's, what's kind of those, those top pieces of advice that you would give to athletes? Uh, my n- top advice would be to develop mental toughness. As Joanna says, uh, you never know what's going to happen you know, on any given day or, you know, any given training day, you know, for, you know, for that matter. Um, But uh, develop some, you know, some mental toughness uh, and it can help you overcome, uh, you know, a number of different, you know, issues, you know, when they come, whether it's, you know, part of the body that's hurting um, or you have a, you know, mechanical malfunction on your, you know, your bike or, you just run out of gas. Uh, the more mental toughness that you have, the more you're able to uh, more easily, you know, overcome those obstacles. Sometimes uh, you, you just can't, you know, quite frankly, can't. I've been blessed to, you know, to be able to finish every Ironman that I've started. Um, the but, finisher. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I try to finish what I what, what I start. Uh, and uh, and right behind that is to is uh, you know one of uh, several tridot mantras is to trust the process. I know that if I put in the work, if I do the you know the prescribed training the way I'm supposed to, the way I know how to, um, that uh, that I'm going to be successful. I, I think for just from both of you talking, um, have either of you seen the movie or read the book The Martian? Matt yes. Damon's in the movie. I've seen the movie. Um, so he's it's just another movie with Matt Damon in space. You know, tons like it. Um, but th- there's a scene at the end of the movie, and, and it's also in, in, in the book, where he's, in the movie, he's, um, you know, and for those who haven't seen the movie, you know, Matt Damon's on Mars. He's stuck on Mars, and NASA's trying to figure out how to get him home from Mars is the plot of the movie, in essence, right? Um, and so there's a scene at the end. I mean, spoiler alert, they get him home from Mars. Um, you know, there's a ton of movies where Matt Damon's being rescued from something. This is one of them. Um, and so at the end of the movie, he's teaching a class um, to pers- prospective, you know, young adults who are wanting to be astronauts. And he's teaching a class on uh, basically pre- preparing them for their potential career as an astronaut. And, and he's telling them, like, I, I think the line is, um, he, he's like, it, being an astronaut is just solving problems. And if you solve enough problems, you get to come home. Um, and, and throughout the whole movie, he's just solving problem after problem that he's in- encountering on Mars. And in the end... He solved enough of them, and he gets to come home. And and it's like being out there on the Ironman course. It's 140.6 miles, and so there's going to be problems. And and you just if you solve them all and keep moving forward, you you get you get to go to the finish line. And that's 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 what I was thinking. I was thinking back to that movie and Matt Damon's speech at the end of it, as, as both of y'all were talking. So super random story, super random interjection. But that's 
that's an invitation to my brain people can i tell you one more thing please do um andrew it, when you when you asked that question another thing i thought of was in in training for the 15 ironman races i have trained with probably 10 different sets of training partners and you know the one thing i do tell my athletes or like my betty sisters or um the hissy fit girls is that um when the journey's over it's over when the race comes it's gone it's over and you're going to look back at the memories and the all the things that happened or the you know the you know all the mishaps you have when you're out riding or, um, you know, all the funny things you can remember over the training and you're going to kind of wish for that time back. Mm. So I, you know, I, I often say, you know, you know, the, the journey is the gift. The journey wow. is the reward. So, you know, you, you don't want to take it for granted. And so I say, not only do we race with a grateful heart, we train with a grateful heart and we need to hold on to those, those training days because, um, and I think Greg and I are experiencing that to an extreme at this point, um, <laughs> when they talk about, um, you know, postponing races or yeah. canceling races, um, and that, you know, Kona two times now has been, has been put off for us. But, um, my coach, John Mayfield has, has told me, he said, just think about it. You know, it would have all been over in October, you know, all the, all the 15 years of work would have been over. And he said, now you just get to enjoy it, you know, for another a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And it's a few so, more training rides for Kona. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's, it's, it's a few more, you know, a few more training rides, but it's a, it's, 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 it's quite a number of days that I can be excited and to be looking forward to probably one of the greatest days of my life. So that's, that's, that's a gift. Well, and that, that'll, that surely, you know, as, as we're, um, you know, at the time we're recording this podcast, I'm not exactly sure what, what they were going to air it. Um, but you know, folks are, are still in, in this calendar year, you know, some, some races are happening. Some races are, are, you know, a, a little bit more up in the air. And, and, and so that's, that, that, that's a word I'm sure a lot of people will, will really appreciate. So thanks for that, Joe. Um, and, and, and as you're talking about that, I mean, both of you, you know, in, in training for all of those Ironmans that you've already finished and in training for Kona that you're working towards, you know, you've, you've put in a lot of long workouts. You've put in a lot of just, just physically and mentally challenging, um, you know, training cycles, um, preparing for your Ironman, you know, what, what is kind of your approach to prepping for an Ironman? And is there anything that you're doing differently as you get ready for Kona? Um, and it, this is instruction one-on-one with my athletes. It's, it's not, you know, one week at a time. It's not one day at a time. It's one session at a time, one interval at a time, sometimes breaking that interval in half <laughs> if it's zone four. Absolutely. Um, you know, sometimes if it's 30-30s, we got to break it down. But it, truly, it's you have to take it one session at a time. Um, you know, it, 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 it can be overwhelming. Um, if I would have thought back, you know, when I was doing Coeur d'Alene, hey, you're going to need to get through the 15 Ironman to get to Kona. There, You can't wrap your head around that. No. Um, but what you, you know, even in saying I'm going to do, you know, a full Ironman this year, that, that is overwhelming for most people. So, um, you know, the beauty of TriDot, we will say is that, you know, we do trust the process. We break it down into, um, you know, each week, either we're in a development phase, um, you know, and that's, it's 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 a lot easier if we just think of small bits at a time. It becomes palatable. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, most definitely. And I might add, uh, and I couldn't agree with uh, Joanna Moore about uh, about you know again trusting the process. Don't do anything differently uh, than you've done in the past. Uh, do what uh, you know got you across you know twelve or fifteen, and in, in Joanna's case, you know Ironman you know finish lines. Um, but also to you know to also acknowledge. 
uh, all of those that have helped you get there, mm, yeah. uh, continue, you know, working with and, and, uh, and, and doing that same thing to, you know, to help those and, and let those, uh, you know, those, let that community help you, you know, achieve that, uh, that goal. But as far as, you know, Kona, it's not just any other race, but our preparation and our, you know, our, whether it's physical or, you know, or mental, uh, needs to be the same. I'm really excited about the, you know, the uh, new additions or the new features of a, you know, RaceX that'll allow me to, yeah, you know, to train. And although we have plenty of humid, hot, humid, <laughs> and windy weather around here, we don't have hills, so I can't simulate the yeah. the climb to Awi. Um, but I can simulate it on my smart trainer or outdoors uh, mm -hmm. via RaceX. So really excited about that. But uh, yeah, as far as general good. preparation, uh, nothing different. Just do the same thing that uh, made me successful in the past. I will say, Greg, um, piggybacking off of Joanna earlier, talking about um, you know being being grateful for. I mean, sometimes it can be a blessing to have more time to prepare for something. Um, had Ironman Texas happened the first time around for me. I would not have had the advantage of the new RaceX to prepare for that race. There and you go. I now do have that advantage. So uh, I'm, I'm trying to take the silver linings where I can. It is. Positivity. Uh, that's, that's, one, that's one of them here. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to keep coming up with silver linings sometimes, but that that's okay. Uh, we'll get through it. So, hey, let's talk about Hawaii, guys. Uh, it's a beautiful state. You know, it's popular for vacationers and triathletes alike. And on race week, I mean, there's a lot more to the Kona experience than just the race. You know, there's the famous underwear run. There's the coffee boat offshore from Digby Beach that the tradition is to swim out to the coffee boat, uh, get a coffee, and come back. Um, you know, they, there's the, the Ironman Village. There's Ironman Expo, the Race Expo. Um, you know, what are you both planning to participate in um, just as, as part of your Kona experience? Greg, we'll start with you. You know, my first thought is to uh, say only if my coach uh, does the underwear run, I will. <laughs> you don't want to see me and running in just underwear. Uh-huh. Uh, it's got me in trouble a long, long time okay. ago. Okay, yeah. All kidding aside, uh, the one thing I know I'm going to do, uh, you know, when I get there, or the two things I'm going to do actually are to, you know, to work out with my uh, other uh, tried-out athletes. Yeah. Uh, and to uh, spend as much time uh, soaking everything in with my family. Uh, I'm flying my entire uh, family, uh, all my children, my wife, and That's my, uh, so and my grandkids to, uh, to Hawaii. So just spending quality time with them, just like I do any other uh, destination race that I've done. Yeah, that, that, that's amazing. Joanna, what about you? Oh, my gosh. Um, all of the above. Um, you know, I've rented the house so that it could accommodate as many um, training partners, uh, my Betty sisters, coach, family, everyone that is coming. Um, I want to do all the, the traditional events uh -huh. um, that are there. Um, I have dreams, the underpants run with Mama Betty and Kristen Mayer. Um, everything that I can do, everything that I can experience. You know, I think we've waited so long and had, had so many dreams about you know, everything that's going to happen when we get there. Um, and like I said to you previously, um, I've never stepped foot on the island. I turned down a number of Hawaii vacations. I said I will never go until it's my turn. Wow. Um, and so I, I just I can't wait to take it all in. Yeah, we can't wait for that for you. Um, so just as, as a race, though, I mean, Kona is not at all the easiest Ironman. It's famously hot. It's famously windy. It has a famously strong field. Um, you know, Joanna, what are your expectations heading in for the race? Like, how, how are you feeling just, just in terms of the race itself? Uh, bring it on. 
Bring it on. Fight, girl, fight. Fight, girl, fight. Um, you know, Greg and I are very lucky um, to have. Um, I, I, I know it's going to be difficult. I, I heard horror stories. Um, I've had an athlete um, that, you know, finished the race two years ago, and she had a, you know, it was a really, really tough very tough, windy conditions. Um, I think Greg and I are going to lean on each other in that aspect and have some very long, very hot um, training rides, hopefully some good wind um, as prep. Um, I do think our, our, you know, our training programs through TriDot will prepare us for the race. I think mentally the, the, <laughs> 12 to 15 Ironman races has, has prepared us to be pretty mentally tough. Yeah. Um, and when it's something that you've wanted so bad for so long, uh, I, I don't, I, you know, I think that we'll do just about anything to get to that finish line. Um, so, um, that's about it. It's, it's funny how some that, how just as a sport, I mean, this is a sport where sometimes, sometimes you go out of your way to seek out tough training conditions for a race like this. I mean, there's, I mean, just just for Ironman Texas, knowing it's it's usually a, a pretty warm run course. I mean, there, there were times leading up to my, my first attempt at lining up for Texas where I, I was seeking out the instead of running in the morning or running in the evening. Okay, let me run at two three p.m. Exactly when it's the hottest part of the day. J- just just to you know, give me the toughest conditions because on race day it's probably going to be that. So, um, Greg, but Greg, Greg, what about you? Well, I think the uh, I I just reflect back on the the previous or the 12 Ironman finishes and have I done serious hills uh there were serious hills on the uh the my first uh, tri- uh Ironman at uh, in Los Cabos there was a four mile climb out towards the you know the airport that we had to do twice into the wind uh Coeur d'Alene, you know we had to climb into the wind uh so I'm not overly concerned about the you know the hills uh in the heat and humidity we have plenty of that around here and we're going to be training. We're going to be doing our, you know, our race prep in September. Uh, we're going to be doing long rides in August and September. And for anybody that's lived in the Houston area, uh, as long as we have, you know, we're we're acclimated to it. It's still tough. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, just relying on that past experience and saying, you know, this this is not good. Um, but, uh, but, I got but it's doable, but I've, I've got through yeah. it in training and, and in, and in, in, in a racing. So, you know, again, it, it, part of, you know, building mental toughness is, is, uh, you know, also building confidence at the, you know, at the same time been there, mm. done that, but mm-hmm. also, you know, manage your own expectations, you know, to the extent that, uh, you know, that you can. So the, there's a lot of different famous parts of this race course. Um, you know, the, there's the clear blue waters of Kailua Bay. There's the lava fields. There's the climb to Javi on the bike. There's the energy lab and Ali'i drive on the run. Um, there's a lot to take in while you're out there. What portions of the course are you most looking forward to? And are there any parts that, that you're kind of maybe even dreading a little bit uh, that, that you'll be excited to get through? The only part of the course that I'm I'm nervous about is the you know the swim course the uh, the water should be beautiful yeah uh, recall my first Ironman race in uh, in uh, Baja Mexico uh, the water was crystal clear our biggest concern was if we were going to see any whales okay because it was <laughs> you know the uh, the 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 mama whales had already given birth and oh, wow. so whale watching was one of the activities that we okay. did while we were down there. I uh, didn't spot any whales while I was swimming, but you could see all the way down and yeah. you know, through 25 foot, you know, depths. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to the uh, to the clear water, uh, and then the uh, you know the climb to Awi, and then the uh, the turnaround, the, the descent back. Uh, I can only imagine how fast I'll be going. Joanna, what about you? Um, 
well, confession to make that um, being that I've never been to the Big Island or Hawaii, um, and I've never watched the uh, World Championship race because um, I think I wanted it so bad that it sometimes was difficult to even think about watching it. So, so like the live race coverage every year? No, like you no, don't watch any I would, of that? No, I would look up on the tracker who the, okay. what pros were in the lead, um, but I, I haven't watched it, so I don't know a lot about the course. Um, and that's intentional, though. It's been intentional. Wow. I, I, my husband laughs that I have the, a, a DVD, uh, <laughs> which is funny in itself. I have a DVD in the in the. That's pla- how long you've had it? I've had it in the plastic. <laughs> it's rack. a cassette. <laughs> it, it's a VHS tape. No, and, and you know it's in my it's my nightstand. Like I had to keep it there uh-huh. to keep the dream there. But I haven't watched it. And, you know, we were invited to go to Hawaii, you know, two summers ago. And my husband's like, oh, this will be great. We'll go. I'm like, I'm not stepping <laughs> foot on the island until, until they let me race. Wow. And so um, that will be my first time on the island. So commitment to the dream. Because normally, like for a race, like we scout the course. You want to know as much as you can about the course. And so you're intentionally. And I, I have a feeling my coach is going to have different <laughs> thoughts on this as we as we approach, um, you know, the summer months that, you know, I might need to start thinking about uh-huh. what the course is going to look like. Um, but I, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, if, he, if he makes me, I'll do that. Well, you know, and if you finish quarter lean and you finish all those other 14, 15, yes. then, you know, you'll you'll be fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, you know, everyone at TriDot, you know, the audience listening today, you know, me me sitting here um, talking to you guys, you know, we wish you guys the best, um, you know, and, and I, I would just encourage, you know, if you're in the TriDot family, you know, you're listening to the podcast, um, you know, on October Kona Day, you know, track Joanna Namey, crack, track Greg McCauley, uh, you know, put their names in, put their bib numbers into the, the Ironman tracking app. Keep an eye on them. See how they're doing as they're, um, you know, heading towards the finish line. Um, you know, but before we head to the cool down on, of this podcast, um, you know, I want to take a moment just to talk about the finish line. Um, you've both already crossed the Ironman finish line so many times, uh, but this time around it's in Kona. This time around, you know, it, it's almost like you're carrying all those other finishes with you down that red carpet. Um, Joanna, what's going to go through your head? Um, as you're thinking about that moment and, and you're and you're just running down the road. I'm, I'm gonna start crying line. right now. I can't. I mean, if I even think about it, I it's it's overwhelming. I yeah. mean it's um I'm sure it's gonna be a really ugly cry <laughs> as I go <laughs> across that finish line. Um, you know, probably running the finish line I'll be thinking about all the time, um, all the sacrifice, all the sacrifice by my family. Yeah. Um I'm getting choked choked up. We'll allow it. It's okay. Uh, Okay. But, you know, I think all of those, all of those things are going to cross my mind. Um, And it's probably once I sit down after I finish that I'm going to, the reality of it all is going to set in and, you know, and in even more gratitude and even even more joy. And then five minutes later, what's next? (laughs) So the, so, and so having done 15, I mean, was there a point along the way where, where the finish line just became a finish line or, or was each of them kind of independently special along the way? Oh, I think by far each one is independently special. Okay. I, I, I truly do. Um, you know, I think if you have, you, you have to have goals for each one. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that's a, a finishing time or a PR on the bike or, a, you know, a, a more successful swim, any of those things, I think you have to, it's really important to set goals for each of those things. Um, and so, no, every one of them I have I have really really clear memories from um, and lessons learned you know from each of them. So Greg, when you think about the the Kona finish line as you're 
making your way towards it? What, what do you think is going to be going through your head? Uh, a feeling of uh, relief as well as being just completely overwhelmed. <laughs> like <laughs> Joanna, yeah. to, you know, it's, it's very difficult to say what uh, I'm going to specifically be, you know, be thinking. Uh, but I can only make one guarantee that I will kiss my wife and, and probably I may even kiss my son, you know, for that, <laughs> you know, for that matter, because they, uh, uh, or John, if or he's standing <laughs> too, uh, you know, too, too close to him, but, uh, just, you know, be thankful for the, you know, the community. Uh, I started, uh, kissing my wife, uh, just shy of the finish line at, uh, at Coeur d'Alene, which was my second, uh, second Ironman. I've done that every, uh, Ironman oh, cool. since, so fun. uh, except for, uh, one time at Ironman Texas, where my, uh, wife and uh, kids were still eating when I crossed the finish line, <laughs> but, uh, thankfully they've updated the Ironman tracker and made it a little more accurate, but, uh, uh, I'll be just extremely thankful and, um, uh, be a little bit melancholy, uh, that my dad, uh, you know, isn't, uh, he, uh, he died about five years ago. Mm. Um, so he won't be there, but he'll be there in spirit. Absolutely. So, um, just, a, a feeling of, uh, relief, gratitude, and just being just completely overwhelmed. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. And I may just, uh, you know, get on my knees just past the finish line and just start bawling and they may have to haul me out of there, but you know, I don't care. And hopefully nobody else does. Great set, everyone. Let's cool down. All right, let's have a little fun on our cool down today. I call this Joanna and Greg's favorite things, where I'm going to ask you 10 quick questions, uh, and I want you guys to identify some of your favorite items, moments, and courses from over your triathlon careers, especially focusing on your Ironman experience here. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, quick question number one, what Ironman medal in your collection is your favorite? Uh, very first, Los Cabos. Number one, Coeur d'Alene. It's got the Ford on it. <laughs> is, is that why or just because it was the first? Well, I think my first glimpses of Kona or that it was sponsored by Ford. Um, so the Coeur d'Alene medal had the Ford at the bottom. So it was, you know, I still look at it. I, I still look at it and get all, you know, like. What Ironman swim course has been your favorite? Cozumel. Los Cabos. Both in Mexico. Beautiful. Beautiful water. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, number three, what Ironman bike course has been your favorite? My favorite was probably the, uh, the Ironman Texas old course. Okay. Because it used to go through the same Houston forest, right? Yeah. In 2015, it was just a single loop up yep. into the forest and, uh, and back. It was challenging, but uh, it wasn't uh, as monotonous as the cur as current uh, uh, bike course is. I mean, I would say Coeur d'Alene was probably the most beautiful, um, but I would agree with Greg that I think the Texas old course was probably my favorite because it, it, it's, 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 your, it's, your, it's your hometown and it, it was fast and fun. So I would have to agree with him. Number four, what Ironman run course has been your favorite? None. <laughs> <laughs> None of them. You're, you're just, you're miserable and shop. Zero. <laughs> oh, goodness. None that you liked even a little bit deep down? Oh, I love to say, I, I, I'm really stuck on Cozumel right now because I've done okay. it two years in a row, but I think it is, the run course is so much fun. Okay. Um, you know, all the people that live there come out and cheer and uh, are so supportive and it's so, um, such a, such a lively, crazy, uh, you know, run environment. So you have so much to look at and so much to be entertained by. Sure. Um, and then, the, you know, it's beautiful water all around you. So I, I would definitely probably say Cozumel. Okay. 
Greg? Uh, like uh, Joanna mentioned, uh, none of them were fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, most memorable was either uh, Coeur d'Alene, uh, just because of the you know the crowd and and uh, the fact that uh, somebody actually handed me a cheeseburger on the the backside no, of the, the second loop amazing. of the course, and uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to throw it away, so I ate it. Fortunately, I didn't get sick, but uh, uh, and it was also you know I was still fairly new to the you know to the Ironman distance. So it, it made it memorable. Number five, Greg, what is your favorite treat to have after finishing a race? A cheeseburger? Uh, either a big burrito okay. uh, that they serve uh, sometimes at Ironman Texas or <laughs> uh, a big steak uh, like okay. I had after uh, Ironman Maryland. All right. Join us. Oh, this is for all my... All my training girls and all my athletes, we are big on the nachos post-race. I'm big on nachos anytime. Yes. Yeah. There's never a bad time for nachos, unless maybe on the run course. That might work too well. Uh, Number six, who is your favorite pro triathlete to root for? Mm, I follow so many of them. It's tough. Uh, It is. Um, I have always loved Lindsay Corbin. Um, When she won Coeur d'Alene, my first Ironman, and came down the finishing chute in the cowboy hat, that kind of sealed the deal for me. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And so, and then I, you know, on a um, Zoom call this year with some of my Betty Design sisters, Lindsay came on, and I got to tell her about how I totally girl crushed on her um, when she won that race in the cowboy hat. So that was a that was a cool moment. So I'd probably have to say her. Cool. Yeah, that that's a cool connection. Greg, what about you? a while back, it was uh, Andy, uh, Andy, Andy Potts. Potts. Uh, I met him and his uh, family at Coeur d'Alene. Uh, he won that race uh, the year I raced it. And uh, for the last uh, four or five years, it's been T.O. Uh, I watch okay. his podcast, I watch his uh, YouTube channel, and uh, I met both him and uh, and uh, his uh, his wife. And uh, I haven't met his son or his, his newborn, but yeah. Uh, and we have to shout out to Rennie because her comeback, her comebacks after pregnancy are pretty spectacular um they're so they're badass she's Joe. a she's a badass yeah that's... she's a badass that's that's the right word for it so we're going to use it and and tio was also in the military and mm-hmm. and uh, i grew up in a military family so i have a lot of respect and and he's one heck of a triathlete too so he's okay yeah he does all right <laughs> he does okay out there um what is your favorite tri-dot training session greg um do i have to have a favorite this, you do have to have a favorite uh, i'll make you pick right now <laughs> The uh, Tuesday uh, easy uh, easy run. No, all kidding aside, uh, <laughs> it's probably the uh, the uh, threshold uh, Tuesday threshold uh, okay. interval uh, bike ride. Okay, Joanna. All of the swims. Okay. All of the swims, especially the open water. Number eight. What is your favorite local race to do that is not an Ironman event? Yeah, there's a ton of uh, local races that I think that I've really enjoyed. Uh, we have a, uh, a local half oil man. Um, um, which, you know, was kind of my, that was my first 70.3. Um, so I, you know, come back like 10 years later and do it again. Um, so I and do crush lo- your old self. Yeah, yeah. I think I got last in, in, in the <laughs> first time I did it and then, um, much better, um, 10 years later. Um, but then we have, you know, Greg and I live so close together that we've done a lot of the same, um, short sprint races over the years. Um, we've been on a lot of the same teams. Um, so those are all special memories. Um, yeah. so, you know, as far as Houston goes, I live in a neighborhood called Silver Lake. It had a great race. Uh, we were both part of a YMCA, um, triathlon team years ago, uh, before even try for him. So we loved a race that they put on. 
Yeah, I would say uh, say either Silver Lake uh, or there used to be a race called Combat, and I was fond of that. I only raced it twice, but was really fond of it because of its location, uh, how fast it was, and and uh, the fact that both uh, both years. Uh, when uh, the uh, Clydesdale uh, class was only 200 pounds and up, um, you know, I took second in my age group, uh, you know, both times. So uh, I was successful at the shorter distances, and and uh, it's nice to just be able to roll out of bed 20 minutes before uh, transition <laughs> closes and make it and rack your bike and and just go on a race. Yep. Question number nine, Greg, we'll go to you here first. What is your favorite memory? from your race experiences? Uh, crossing the finish line of my first uh, first Ironman. Okay. Uh, as I recall, or my dad spent uh, probably 13 of the 14 and a half hours it took me to cross the uh, the finish line, uh, just uh, tracking me in various parts of the, you know, the race course. He had never been there before, but he found a way to just yeah. be in the right place at the, you know, at the right time. And then uh, hearing my name, you know, Greg McCauley from the good old U.S. of A., you know, you are an Iron Man. So very cool, Joanna. I'm gonna cry again. My God, stop. Um, probably the first two Iron Man. It's my boys you know, were very little at the time. And so um at Coeur d'Alene, of course, them being there right at the finish line and me hugging and kissing them. Um, and then the inaugural year of Texas finishing and the moment I come through the finish line, my, you know, four year old's crying that he has a boo boo on his knee. So then I <laughs> am now carrying the four year old all around um and you know because and, he's had a tough day because he's had a really tough day and you know and i think it's just funny it was the dynamic of you know you you doing this incredibly hard race and then coming through and it <laughs> they don't care who you are yeah. they don't care what you've done you're just mommy at that point uh, and so and then i then i'm fixing the knee <laughs> that's so, that's amazing yeah that's good memories story. all right last and final one number 10 once kona is done and dusted bucket list item fulfilled Joanna, what race is the next at the top of your to-do list? Mm, that's really tough, but... You've been dreaming of Kona for so long. I think I got to go back. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Kona I, round two. Kona round two. Okay. Kona or bust. <laughs> it's the Joanna Namie lifestyle. Yes. Greg, any, anything uh, Anything else you've been looking at, Ian? Ian? You know, I thought about uh, Challenge Roth, but mm -hmm. I also think about, uh, you know, what it takes to do one, you know, much less 12. And it's a lot, a lot of time and, a, you know, a lot of uh, other, uh, you know, type investment. Uh, so probably either 70.3 or I just may enjoy a year on the, uh, the Olympic or, or sprint circuit. Well, that's it for today, folks. I want to thank TriDot athletes Joanna Namie and Greg McCauley for sharing their journey to Kona with us today. Shout out to Tribike Transport for partnering with us on today's episode. As you get back to racing this year, head to tribiketransport.com to get your bike to the starting line. Have any triathlon questions or topics you want to hear us talk about? Head to tridot.com slash podcast to let us know what you're thinking. We'll have a new show coming your way soon. Until then, happy training. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and share the TriDot podcast with your triathlon crew. For more great tri content and community, connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Ready to optimize your training? Head to TriDot.com and start your free trial today. TriDot, the obvious and automatic choice for triathlon training.